Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Chats with Chaudhry. I hope you're safe and well. Today's Chats with Chaudhry is all about HPLC, and I'm delighted to be joined by Lisa Luxtekamp, who is the Application Specialist at Canal. And as I said, we're going to talk about HPLC because recently I shared a post on Canal's Guide to HPLC, and it's so many views and so many positive comments. We thought we would actually talk about some of the common problems that people face with HPLC on a Chats with Chaudhry. So, Lisa, it's lovely to meet you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Lovely to meet you, Rizan. How are you doing? I'm very, very well, thank you. The sun's shining. It's supposed to be 18 degrees in the UK today across the whole country. So I think everybody's going to be out in their shorts and um, string vests, I think, most probably. At the same here in Berlin. The sun is shining. It's really nice. Uh, fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. Berlin's a lovely city, actually, when the sun's shining. Not so yeah. good when it's wet and dreary, I have to say, but it's very nice when the sun's shining. <laughs> right, so so today we're going to talk about HPLC, but before we do that, perhaps you could give people a little bit of uh, uh, an overview of your background, if you don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. So, um, well, my name is Lisa Loxakamp, and I'm working at the company Knauer. It's based in Berlin. It's a kind of small family company, I think about 150 employees. And we focus on HPLC protection systems. And I'm an application scientist. That means I'm somehow a chemist and I'm developing methods and also doing a lot of trainings. And as you can maybe see in the background here, we have some lights and some microphones. So this is now the setup for our online meetings and our online trainings. So that's why I'm sitting here in the room with a background and also one device beside of me. Yeah, that's what I'm doing actually. Fantastic. Well, so let's start with a very basic question. Can you flush an HPLC column from both directions? Well, that's a good question. Um, we're also producing HPLC columns uh, here at Knawa. And I just brought one of these columns. It's just really a small item here. And as you can see, we have different sides. So we have this back, big one here on the left side and here this small one. And this means with this analytical column, we have uh, a pre-column. And this is preventing the main column to be uh, dirty or getting, you know, just destroyed. So in this case, only flush it from this to this side. So, but if you have a column without these pre-column, then it's totally fine. You can flush it on the other side. And also if you think your column is not really well doing anymore, so you just need to clean it, then it's also allowed for a short time to clean it in this way or in this way. But also I have brought another one. This is quite huge. So <laughs> just for the change here, I really like to show that this is the analytical part. I'm working mostly with this one, but some of my colleagues are working with these ones. And these are really huge columns for preparative analysis so that you get your um, clean product afterwards. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that. Physical yeah. demonstration is always much better when you've got something physically funny in chain. So fantastic. Yeah, that's that's why we're here in the training room. Right. We have everything set up here. <laughs> All right. So I'll be interested to see what, what you show to demonstrate my next question then. So what quality what quality should my U solvents have? Well, this won't be something I can show because <laughs> it needs to be high quality. Um, I can just tell you we have different kind of grades for HPLC solvents. On the one hand, you have this really huge barrels um, solvent, which is called technical grade. But I would not recommend that. Just try to use the really most 
optimum uh, grade such as gradient grade because this is much better for the low diameters and for your detection as well because you don't want to have ghost peaks like it's called so impurities inside the system so just buy some more high products here the gradient grade is what right. i would choose right okay fine brilliant and is every substance detectable with a uv detector i wish it would be <laughs> so it would be much easier if a lot of more compounds would be uv active but um, it's depending a little bit on the structure. Um, for example, if you're just doing a really, really easy analysis of um, acetylsalicylsäure aspirin, then you have, of course, a really easy active substance. And this is just due to the structure. You, have, you can just imagine electron systems in your structure. And if you have a really high density of electrons and they can shift from one to another direction, which is called chromophoric structures, then your structure is active. But for example, if you have carbohydrates, then you have no chance uh, without any chemical reaction to get them into this UV active device, but then you can change your detector, of course. Right, fantastic. All right, and, and why should you perform sample preparation? Well, the sample preparation, as I said, high um, purity in the solvents is a must-have in HPSC. And also the sample has quite a huge um, source of impurities. So if you have, for example, a nature sample, uh, you extract it with a solvent and you still have a lot of matrices inside, then your signal you're getting afterwards, it's not really clean. And you want to have one specific peak and not 100. And so with sample preparation, you can just divide it a little bit more and extract the one and only peak you really want to have. So it's just in the end, a little bit more easier to evaluate your signals if you're doing sample preparation. And of course, your system will be really happy if you do not put trash inside it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes it cleaner. It makes it last longer then, I guess. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, can I start the measurement immediately after switching on the system? Well, this would um, also reduce the time in the lab, of course, but um, I worked in different places. And of course, sometimes you have just the settings of 24 seven ongoing, but if from time to time, you just need to switch off the system and switch it on again, then it needs some time. It's of course, depending on the detector you're using, but also then, um, if you're having a new column, something like this. So if you just ordered a new column, then it needs time to just equilibrate the whole system. And of course, if you're changing elements and solvents, it needs some time to run through the system. You do need to get your system air free and well, it takes some time. Right. Well, how long, how long does that take? Because obviously time is very important in the lab. Yeah, of course. Well, the thing is, if you're using UV detectors with a lamp, so they're having a lamp inside the detector, it needs to get warm up. If you have a quite new lamp, so it's just a couple of hours running, then it gets quite fast. So you just start your system maybe 20, 30 minutes and it's way to run. But if your lamp is quite old, then it can take up to one hour. So, um, so you just need to check your signal on side uh, the software. And I can just tell you, wait until this signal is stabilized, because if you have a drift that is just going 
to the moon, then your system is not quite well to start. So check your baseline. This is a really, really good thing to just have in mind. Baseline. Fantastic. Well, that's what we've got time for today, but that's been really interesting, actually. And I hope people have found, found this interesting. Well, where can people get more information if you want to know more about HPLC and get more guidance? Well, the thing is, um, we offer different kind of things at Knawa. Um, as you can see, I'm sitting in this training room where we put the online trainings. So last week I made an online training here for HPLC Basics. And I think we will also continue to do that. Uh, before Corona, we just did it uh, directly in Berlin where the people could just put hands on onto the systems, but now we're just doing it online. So, well, here we have the possibility to just do the training with us online. And of course, our website is full of information with questions and answers. And well, the HPC practice guide, of course. <laughs> yeah, which is the... Uh, uh item I actually shared a few weeks ago, which had lots and lots yes. of views and lots of positive comments. So that link will be above the video as well. Well, that's brilliant. Well, at least that's all we've got time for. But thank you very much for taking the time out to talk me through that. I've learned something new and being a non-scientist, it's always good to have these little conversations and learn something new. Hopefully people who are scientists have found that useful as well. If you would like to know more, the links will be above the video. Also, you can message Lisa directly. I'm sure she'll be delighted if you've got any questions to see them below the video. So feel free to ask her any questions and also, if you have got any questions, send them in because hopefully this is well received. We might do another one of these with more <laughs> questions, but from you. So that would be fantastic. So all I'm going to say is, Lisa, enjoy the sun in Berlin today. I hope you have a lovely uh, afternoon or rest of the day and a, a wonderful week as well. So thank you very much. It's lovely to see you. Yeah, for you too. And thank you for watching. As always, I hope the sun's shining where you are and have a lovely day and stay well and stay safe. Bye-bye.